Welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Some of the most successful stories in business started from failure, sometimes even multiple failures. The guests on our program have faced failure, learned to understand it, and have used it to their advantage. You can too. Get ready for success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. My students call me Doc C. My friends call me Cheryl. So today, we have some amazing things to talk about in there. Today's question, are you a published author? Do you know the power of publishing to leverage yourself as an expert? Today, we're going to talk about the power of leverage as selling in the bookstores or selling on Amazon is not all there is. Well, our most recent book in the Refractive Thinker series, Refractive Thinker Volume 14, Healthcare, The Impact on Leadership, Business, and Education, did go number one bestseller August 16th, 2018. There are lots of other ways of being able to leverage yourself, get the word out, tell people about what you do and how you do it. And our guest today, Brian Judd, is going to tell us more. Uh, he will be with us here shortly. I want to start, though, a little bit about talking about that concept of failure that we keep hammering about each and every week. And I heard something on a show this week that was just got my attention. And it's amazing where you can find these little tidbits every now and then. And today's quote is, find something you love and keep failing at it until you get great at it. Isn't that just amazing? And many people will simply stop what Greg Rieg will call three feet from gold, is we stop just short and just shy of success. Why? Success is not easy. I guarantee you the people that you hear about, the Facebooks of the world, uh, the uh, amazing stories with the airlines and stuff, they were not overnight success. These are ideas that have been building and building and building and then they were realized. Remember we talked about Formula 409, 400 and formu- 408 formulas didn't work. We looked at the light bulb, 997 didn't work. The idea of post-it notes, which was an absolute failure in its inception. We talked about Viagra. We talked about WD-40. All of these other fail-to-success stories. And all it was was simply finding something somebody was passionate about. And they kept doing it and doing it and failing it and failing it and failing until they got up one more time than they got then they got slapped down and they called it success. So remember, we talked about that key word, yet, is the fact that Failure is just one of those temporary conditions. Remember when we talked to Dr. Aaron Glassman, failure isn't the outcome. Failure isn't the intention. Failure is just another step along the way, and it's what we do that decides on whether failure is permanent. That effort just really torments most people. And looking at the idea of how do we decide what failure is because many people think failure is an end game. Failure is the I'm done. It's over. Call in the fat lady and let her start singing. The challenge is, is it's not how it is. Many people who look at failure are looking at, huh, well, gee, that didn't work. Let's try something else. And it's not a permanent state of mind. It's simply a new way of looking at something and to keep going until you get to what the intended outcome was. And when you start a project, the goal is finite. We have to define it. We have to look at it. It's like, how do we know success or failure? Because we have to have that. These are SMART goals. All of my students know the SMART is the ability of looking at, well, how do we define it before we ever begin? It has to be specific. It has to be measurable. It has to be attainable. It has to be realistic and it has to be timely. So we know those goals going in. So if you know exactly what that is, 
and how you measure success, and you just keep going until you get there. The odds are, however, is that many people don't. They stop just short of it because it's too difficult. It doesn't happen as expected. And these expectations are often the focus of what I want to also focus on today is what do we expect are going to happen? I was just on a call just moments ago with one of the universities I teach for, and it was a prediction of looking at the differences between Ryanair and Southwest Air in terms of expectations and satisfaction. And the interesting thing was the idea of capitalism. Do we expect goods prior customer satisfaction simply because we're exchanging money for a product. Ryanair makes no bones about it. They don't. They are giving you a cheap airline. Get your butt on the plane. We're going to get your hair from point A to point B, and we're not going to apologize for it. However it happens, it happens. Not a big deal. Southwest Airlines, by the other spectrum, is looking at, we want to make sure you're happy. And the idea is happiness sometimes correlates to success. Happiness is the ability to look at customer satisfaction And we had to remind ourselves when we were in the call is that the capitalism has nothing to do with subjective feelings. Capitalism has nothing to do with whether it's business exchange. It's a, you have a product, I have a a solution for what you want to buy, and we're off to the races. Nobody said you had to be happy about it. And isn't that interesting because Ryanair is in the European theater and Southwest Airlines here in the United States. And so the point is, how are we going to relate this idea of marketing, of success, of leverage, of putting yourself in the position of expert? Do we have to be happy about it? Is there an expectation beyond success? The fact that if I find a solution like Formula 409, yay, it's a fabulous product. When we look at the idea of success when we're marketing post-it notes, right? If you've heard the story how um, ice cream cones were made, these are serendipitous types of success to failure stories being in the right place at the right time. But the idea and how we qualify failure and success is a matter of expectations. How do we put that subjective emotional passion into this? Am I suddenly, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Do I suck because I'm a failure? No, no. It's the idea is to separate ourselves, the person, from what we do and our achievements for who we are in that state of being instead of that state of doing. Remember, we are human being first and foremost. So this curious idea of how failure, success, emotion, satisfaction, all of that stuff relates, it has an interesting relationship when we talk to marketing. How do you tell people about it? And here we're going to talk to Brian Jed here in a minute when we're going to look at the idea of how do we leverage that information? How do you get your story out in the world? Because there are over 300,000 books that are out there on Amazon. There's millions, if not billions of products on Amazon. If you build it, no, they will not come because they will not know it's there. And so the idea is how do you leverage success? And when you look at that First and foremost, how do you define success? Success for one person could be a failure in the others. We've talked, because my favorite story of all time is that post-it notes, because that glue for that was logged into 3M's database, because they keep track of everything, there wasn't a judgment. It was a experiment number XYZ, it failed. The glue was expected to stick. Who knew? That's what glue does, right? Except in this case, the post-it notes, somebody wanted a glue that kind of sort of stuck, but not all the time. And so the idea of success to failure is the perspective, how we see it, 
somebody thought the original experiment was failure because it didn't work. It didn't fail to stick all the time because that was the goal. But with post-it notes, that wasn't the goal. It was the on again, off again, on again, off again, stick it, unstuck it, stick it, unstuck it. And the idea of their failure was a perfect success for somebody else. And so this is the idea of success for us. How do we define it? How do we measure it? How do we look at those expectations? How are we going to move forward with going, going, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't really that F word after all. Maybe it's not a failure. It just didn't work this time. But maybe we looked at it differently. Maybe we have to tweak it next time. We have to design it differently. Maybe we have to look at it going, huh, maybe our SMART goals need to be tweaked. Because the idea is we have to look at what was the outcome. The outcome wasn't failure. The outcome was looking at a specific problem solving ability. We have a problem, we want to solve it, therein goes from failure to success. But sometimes we have to learn a little bit. And right in our quote for today is find something you love and keep failing at it until you're great at it. Remember we talked about the little four girls and kids are great at failure. Why? They just pick themselves up. They just dust themselves off. They might just giggle a little bit along the way going, all right, I fell. Big deal. No big deal. You know, I'm just going to get up again and do it again until I get it right. That's that big word, yet and until. Kids don't look at it as a permanent state of mind. They just look at the fact when I want to get across the room because I want the cookie. And in order for me to get to the cookie, I got to get up on my first two legs and I want to get there faster and I want to walk like everybody else does. No big thing. There's that judgment piece. Failure and success are simply a failure is defined X, the glue didn't stick. Success is the glue kind of stuck because here's our purposes for this you know, wash on, wash on, when we back to Mr. Miyagi kind of a thing, you're looking at the opportunity of what was the end goal. If my end goal is to sell a lot of books, then it's very easy to measure. We go to Amazon, we see book sales. But what if the goal is visibility? What if the goal is not to sell it on Amazon, but it's to get yourself into special stores like Brian's going to tell us about? Is the point to let people know about what your idea is? Selling books is just an outcome. And I tell my authors this all the time is it depends what you want to do. And they're always confused by that. I'm like, the idea is how do you measure success so we know what it's like and we move, work backwards, right? The outcome-based approach we always talk about. Here is the end state of mind. We want to be able to become a famous uh, guest speaker. We want to become a college professor. We want to invent the, the cure for cancer. Whatever it is that, that drives us, that gets us up in the morning, that's the end game. Then we work backwards and figure out how to get there. And therein where failure comes in there. Failure is not a judgment word, although a lot of people like to make it that way. And a judgment word is a having an opinion that somehow if you fail, you suck. And if you succeed, you're fabulous. No, it's simply something that doesn't work. And you have to decide, is it worth it to be able to make it work? Are we the Edisons and the light bulbs? Can you imagine if Edison gave up at, gave up at try 432 instead of 998? So the idea is, does it work or just does it not work yet? And how much time and effort are you willing to put into it to get what the goal is? I am one of those folks, anyone who knows me knows I really have a horrible sense of direction. Greatest thing ever is Google Maps. I just tell them where I want to go. I put it in my nice little car or my cell phone, and Google gets me there 98% of the time on time and in the right place. I don't have to think about it. Why? I have no sense of direction. I can't get out of a closet, up and down, pretty much all I know. And so there is the most amazing tool. What I used to have to do before Google came along was have to annoy people or get lost and do all kinds of things in order to have a high probability of success because the high probability of success for me was getting to my destination. 
Now I don't have to worry about having all this redundancy. I don't often have to even have my Garmin in my phone uh, as long as I have my cell phone with me. I have the ability to ask a question. Google gives me the answers and gets more. I have to put a lot of thought into it. It was exhausting for me. For those of us who have no sense of direction, that was complete failure because it, the end result was I got lost all the time. And so herein lies the challenge what we're looking at now. What is the end goal and how do we get there? And how do we have the experts help us manage our own outcomes to get there? And so when we come back, we are going to talk about Brian Judd and his amazing experience in the publishing world with regard to doing things that are outside of what Amazon is typically what most people think of as if Amazon is the only game in town. And Brian's going to tell us otherwise. So we want to thank you for joining us today. I am Dr. Cheryl Lentz. I am your host of the show, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. And we're going to go to commercial break to give you an opportunity to learn from some of our sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Brian because he's going to tell us about some fabulous techniques for how to get your book into unusual places that are just not amazon.com so come back and join us we'll be here in just a few minutes after this break from our sponsor i'm dr cheryl nuts we'll be right back become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. Thanks for joining us. Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner is the theme of the show. And today we welcome Brian Judd, Executive Director of the Association of Publishers for Special Sales, as well as President of Marketing Works. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Cheryl. Looking forward to it. Terrific. As we do with all of our guests, let them get to know you just a little bit. So tell us a little bit about all of those wonderful things that you have done in your career, Brian. (laughs) Okay. I started out uh, in in my publishing career as an author and then uh, learned how to sell books to non-bookstore buyers. And then I I did a lot of uh, speaking events for that. Uh, I I do a lot of, uh, of, I had my own television show for a number of years. I do uh, selling of of other authors' books into these non-bookstore markets. I took over the Association of Publishers for Special Sales. Uh, the president of Book Marketing Works and uh, partner in a premium book company, and the uh, the creator of the Book Selling University that uh, just we just uh, launched just a few months ago. So that, in a nutshell, is is what I've been doing. Been very busy over the past many years. Absolutely. Well, here are the things I want to focus on. First of all, in the interest of full disclosure, I am part of Brian's Book Selling University, and I love this. You know I am a professor in my day life, and I teach for several universities, and I love this idea of the art of teaching, and here's why. Brian will definitely agree with you that many people don't know much beyond how to publish your book once you get it there, because publishing a book is about 5% of the equation, isn't it, Brian? Oh, if that much. It's, uh, <laughs> the writing of the book is, is difficult, but that's not a big part of it. The publishing can be time-consuming, or and that's not a big part of it. But once the book is out, you've got to be able to get it in the hands of people who can buy it, if that's your objective. As you're talking introduction, it may be just for exposure. I think a, a good way to use your book is to have it as a business card for your speaking or consulting. So there are so many different ways of using the book once it's published that it really uh, creates all those opportunities for you if you seek them. 
Well, and that's the premise behind your book, Selling University, is he, Brian has experts at this particular place. And how many folks are there, if I counted correctly, there's at least about 30 30 of us or so that have, each one of us has a specific niche or a specific expertise that we bring to the party. Mine, of course, is academic publishing because that's what the name of my company is and what we do. But this way, you don't have to figure it out yourself, right? Why reinvent the wheel when you have experts like Brian and others to help do it forward? So help us take advantage of that 25 years of experience. Brian, where do we start with your failure to success stories? That's right. Well, probably my first one is how I got into business. I was in the corporate world, and I was laid off in, uh, in, in 1988, 1989, and then the last time on November 9th, 1990 at 10.37 a.m. Oh, goodness. And I just decided, yeah, it was a big impression on me. I decided I did not want to go back into the corporate world. I was successful there. I was a market, director of marketing for a Fortune 250 company, but it just uh, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something that made more sense to me and made more uh, more sense to other people. So I had uh, two boys about to graduate from college, and I just thought I would write some notes to help them get a job and move out of the house. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe I'll start a career as an author. How hard could that be? <laughs> so I, I did. I wrote, uh, compiled those notes, and uh, created Job Search 101, my first book. And that was. Uh, I, I thought you sell that through bookstores, so I got it into bookstores. I sold it through you know, Borders stores and Barnes and Noble, and uh, it didn't do nearly as well as I had hoped. So. I leaned back on my marketing experience and thought about how else can I make this happen? And a really important question that I asked is, who who else can use the information in this book? So I stopped. The, 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 the turning point was I stopped selling my books and started selling information in the books. And that was a big distinction. So I thought, who else needs information about how to, how to get a job? Because people who are unemployed are not going to go to a bookstore to spend money. They'll go to a library. So I thought I would contact libraries, and I found distribution to libraries. I went to, to colleges and started uh, contacting college students. So I knew I had 1.5 million new prospects every year when they graduated. I uh, had my book translated into Spanish. I, I uh, went to state governments. So I found people who could use the information in the book and sold them the book. And a real another key to that, Cheryl, is the fact that I sold it in the form that they wanted. I didn't say, "Here's my book. Do you want to buy it?" I said, "Here's information. How do you want it delivered?" And college students didn't want to read a lot. They didn't want to spend fourteen ninety five for a book. So I took the chapters out and created a booklet on interviewing, a booklet on cover letters, a booklet on prospecting and negotiating. So, and then sold those to the colleges, and they gave them to the students. So Isn't that amazing? Got, the best business advice I ever received, Brian, is become a solution to somebody else's problem. It's that simple. That's exactly what, exactly what I did. Students had that. I saw, saw their problem. The colleges wanted more students graduating with a job because then they were able to bring in more freshmen for that reason, and I got paid. That's <laughs> all my problems. <laughs> So it was a, one of those win-win-win situations that really worked out well. Well, and I think it becomes the idea of you're not selling if you're simply brokering a deal. And that was the biggest shift I had in my business when one of my business coaches said, Cheryl, quit t- trying to sell the world what you want. Find out what they need. 
When you become a solution to their problem, you're no longer selling. You're simply brokering the deal. They've got a problem. You've got the fix. We get together and it's called a sale. And people pay you for that when it's not that trying to sell ice to Eskimos. It's trying to sell something somebody doesn't need. So, mm mm-hmm. When you're negotiating with a corporate buyer, it's exactly that. Your book is the least important element of that whole discussion. It's their problem, how your content can help them solve it, and what uh, form do they want the content. And that's and they may want the content in the form of a, of a workshop, or I did a lot of speaking to, for state government groups. I did a lot of speaking to colleges, and so they got the information across that way. So it was not... You don't have to just sell your book to, to get uh, your information across, but it's just the... You're helping them solve their problems, and then then you make more money. Right. What's the one thing that you just did? And I want all of our listeners to hear about this. What is the one thing that Brian did? He listened, and he asked them the question, what is the form you want the information? And we have so many options in this digital age. You want an audio book? Fine, listen to it. You want an e-book? Fine, we'll put it in small chunks, and we'll have it um, digitally given to you. We do that with the refractive thinker as well. You want the whole book? Fine. You only want sections of the book? We got that too. It's simply asking the format that we can talk to you about the book, a speaking career. We can give you the book. Now you're on your own self-sufficiency. We can bring it to the office. We can bring it to the beach. But that's the one thing that I think most authors forget to do. They don't ask. And it's so simple. So brilliant. Um, Next kernel of information you have uh, to share with us, Brian, is what's the next strategy they should know? Uh, Just to to take that, to define your target reader. I I talk to people and they'll say, my, my target reader is everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to reach everybody on a limited budget. So what I suggest is to just to define, ask the five W's: who, what, where, when, why. Who's going? Who is it? Your really target your target reader. You may say, well, women who, who read fiction. Well, you can divide those into age groups. Are there they're college women? Are they women out of college or just having families? Are they are older career women? And the the perhaps the the older career women. You might sell your books through. Airport stores where they're traveling, the, the younger uh, parents, you might sell your books in supermarkets or discount stores because they're on a tighter budget. So the more that you can understand your, your target reader, where they buy, uh, why do they want to buy it, and, and, and at what, what price they want, what form do they want. So the more that you can define those people and what they want, then you can provide that for them in, in the places in which they shop. So if they're shopping in... Uh, Walmart, that's where you have your book. If you're shopping in Neiman Marcus, that's where you have your book. If they're, uh, they're traveling, they shop, have airport stores. If, and, and, and if they're, they're members of, of associations, that's where you go. Are they in the military? Well, you sell your book to those people. I sold a lot of books to the people in the military because the, the spouse who's following the military person around every couple of years needs to ch- uh, change their jobs. So I sold my I sold my books to the military who sold resold them to those people. I did uh, presentations on the forts and on the bases. Uh, if you have a book on how to help children uh, deal with frequent moves, that's another book that military buys. See the the thing is the more that you know your 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 content and your target reader and how they can make that work, then that's 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 what really increases your sales and, and your opportunities. So Fantastic. We're going to have to take a, a break to go visit our sponsors again, but we will come right back and we're going to finish talking with Brian Jun regarding the form as well as the why and where you're going to sell your book. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Brian Judd just after a few minutes from our sponsors. We'll see you in a few.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back with Brian Judd, and we had some interesting things that I want Brian to expand a little bit on before we t- we went to break, is the idea of the Everyone's My Reader. As a owner of a award-winning publishing company myself, um, I have the Refractive Thinker Press and uh, Pincero Press. We have interesting authors that often come to me, and I would love to have you give some advice, Brian. As they come to me, they think they put their book on Amazon, and they're going to be a millionaire tomorrow, and it doesn't quite work that way. What's been your experience? <laughs> That's, uh, I agree. I, I would talk to people and say, what's your business plan? Well, uh, this was back years ago. They'd say, I want to get on Oprah, and I'll sell 10 million copies. And I, I call that the phantom of the Oprah. That's, that's I love not, it. It's not a good way to sell books. <laughs> First of all, if you're going to sell 10 million books, you've got to print those and have them on the shelf, and that's a pretty expensive deal. So the, uh, what I did is I tried to sell through bookstores and found out that's the worst place to sell books. I wasn't. I, I learned about return books, about uh, 70% discounts, about getting paid 120 days, and I didn't want to sell that way. So that's why I found a new way to do it. I wrote a book called uh, Coping with Unemployment. And it did not sell well at all in bookstores. Uh, and I learned that people didn't want, did not want to be seen buying a book called Coping with Unemployment. 
It was very negative. So I found a catalog called the Brown Wrapper Bookstore that sold books that people, uh, non-pornographic books that people did not want to buy or did not want to be seen buying in bookstores. And sold tens of thousands of my books through that because it was, it was a great book. <laughs> so that's, uh, just, I just found that different way. I found that roadblock and found a new way to do it, to, make, to get around that. And also, when I first started out selling uh, my, my new product line, I knew I had to get on TV and radio to do it, and I had no idea how to, how to make that work, or how, to, how to perform on TV. So I went to my local cable system and signed up for a 13-week course where I was hosting a, a television show called Job Search 101, and uh, I learned how to perform on, on TV that way. I practiced uh, everything that I needed, whether it's makeup or posture or uh, gestures or whatever. I, I practiced all that on every one of my shows and became, uh, well, actually it's the longest it's the longest continuously running tele- cable television show in Connecticut. So it, it ran for 13 years. So wow, I, I congratulations. Well, thank you. But every show I, I, I did, I learned something. I practiced something different. And when I was on other shows, I, I performed a lot better because I had that, that experience. Well, there is an awful lot of details that go into this entire business of publishing. As we started the segment out, it was a 5% or if that much is the part of writing the book where everyone thinks that's the 100%. It's really a, if the world doesn't know about what you have in whatever form you're going to put it in, be it audiobooks, be it digital books, workshops, special sales, etc., they don't know it's there and know they won't come because they're not going to spend the time. You have to be the mouthpiece to get it to them to know to go looking for it to buy it, right? Oh, yeah, but another uh, example of that is I would uh, go to book signings, and there were very lonely events where people would not come to the bookstore to buy my book. But I went to the bookstores and did a, uh, a seminar on how to get a job, and it was packed. And then, oh, by the way, here's my book. <laughs> so I sold a lot more books that way because I helped them solve their problems, as we discussed before. So I think then, and also the, the, the key about finding new people or uh, selling your content instead of your books, I thought, who wants a college student to get a job more than the student does? Well, the parents. So I got a list of the parents of graduating college students did a direct mail program, sold them a, a bundle of two books and a video, and sold it for $69.95. Or, and then I sold tens of thousands of those because the, the parents had the, the, the money. They had a desire to get the kids a job out of the house. And so they, they sold us. So it wasn't, I wasn't selling it to the unemployed person. I was selling it to the, the parents of the, the decision influencers. And that's another target for you. I, I, I look at this as uh, Arm & Hammer baking soda. It's a, it's a product. But it's used in so many different ways, in recipes, as a deodorant, as a putting out fires, as a, putting it in refrigerators to keep it fresh. The same product, the, the, the content of that box has not changed, but it's used in many different ways. It's the same as your book. The book, the physical book stays the same, but the content can be sent out as a, as a booklet, as a video or DVD or as a seminar or as an e-book or as an audio book. So it, it, it's the idea of taking that, the content and applying it to people who need that. And just the... Uh, I did a, a video called The Art of Interviewing because I couldn't really describe the eye communication and gestures and postures and, and, and facial expressions. So I did a video describing all that. 
And then when the when the economy got better in the late nineties, uh, the internet bubble, I, people were not buying. I could not get on a show. People weren't buying. They didn't need a job. So I took that same information, Cheryl, and made a video called the "You're on the Air." It was how to help authors get on and perform on TV and radio shows. It's the same thing as a job interview of the gestures, of the posture, of the um, facial expression, of the, the, the attire. All those things apply to it. So I took the same information and then found a totally new market segment for it. Obviously, a lot of changes, but, but the same basic content and sold it to authors and publishers. And, they, um, and also, people didn't know me at that point, so I interviewed producers of Good Morning America, of Today, of, of Oprah. And they were, on, I, they were on the video describing how to get on and perform on their shows. So that one, it, it uh, gave me some very high-level contacts <laughs> at those shows. I was able to get on those shows. But it also gave me credibility that I had these top names uh, on my show. It had that uh, success by association that people uh, just assumed that I knew what I was talking about because these people were uh, on my video. So I, the, if I had just stopped writing job search books when that when the economy turned around, I would have been out of business. But I, I think that's that great thing. points to think about, Brian. We have a guest who's coming up next week, which is going to be a powerhouse like yourself, uh, none other than Frank Shankowitz, the, one of the founders of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And you know what his best advice was? Is exactly what you're saying here. It's not about you. It's about the customer. It's about the content. It's about the people you're serving. And that's something that authors have a hard time grasping because they always think it's about them oh, and their yeah. book. And the answer is, no, it's not. <laughs> Exactly right. And the book is the least important thing in the equation, as I said before. It's, it's your ability to solve their problems. Exactly. Same, and so I think what I'm hearing you say is be teachable, be understandable, talk to the experts and try not to uh, reinvent that wheel, shall we say. Just have an open mind and just be able to look at a situation and think about different ways of, uh, of overcoming the objection. And that's what you, if you can do that, and then you just, in your in your introduction, you talked about that several different ways. I think it's really good that if you can just find a, a, a different way, just keep doing it. I think it was Edison that said he, he succeeded because he finally ran out of things that didn't work. And that's, that's I love that. I love on. that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of my favorites. And but he just uh, just kept on going, and it, that's what the that's what you can do with your book. You just keep on finding new opportunities and just keep doing things and you keep making mistakes and you find out you finally run out of things that don't work and then, <laughs> and then you're successful. So it, I love it. you have to keep doing it. It's, that's, that's the critical thing. Well, I think it's really about con consistency and looking beyond the one-stop shop because I know many people, we live in a culture that seems to think that Amazon is the end-all, be-all, and you, are, you and I are both of the opinion going, that's a good place to start, but that certainly doesn't end the conversation. It just puts a foundation to the house. Now the rest of it has to be you in looking at all these different forms that you put in, workshops, books, ebooks, even your book signing had a message and something to learn rather than just buy your book. It's like, no, the idea is to buy the book because there's something in the book they need, not just that you want right. to have your book sold because you want to make the profit from that. So again, be that solution, but understand what your target market wants. And that's something that I have to yep. talk with my authors all the time is tell me who they are and tell me what they need, not tell me about what you want to give them. If you don't have what they want, they won't buy it. Exactly right. Yep, I agree. So let's finish up the show here with you and tell us your words of wisdom. What are the biggest points that authors really need a got to have it um, and got to have it now so they can be the success that they hope to be? 
Well, they've got to have that open mind. They've got to be able to uh, lose the ego and not worry about selling books, but selling, selling the, the content of that. And defining your target reader, that's really, because right down to the basics of defining that, that you're, who your target reader is. And have a, the, the right attitude just to, to keep, keep at it. I know you, you, you've heard the story of the, of the bamboo shoots, that if you plant a bamboo tree and water it and take, give it plenty of light and talk to it nicely, in the first year it grows two inches. Do the same thing next year, you give it plenty of water and light and talk to it, it grows two inches. Next year you give it plenty of light and water and food and it grows two inches. Fourth year, you give it plenty of light and water, and, and it grows two inches. And most people give up at that point. All that work, and, and it's not doing anything. But the bamboo tree in, in year five grows 80 feet. Whoa. So it, it doesn't grow 80 feet in one year. It grows 80 feet because of the four years that you did with just watching it grow two inches at a time. So that's the same with selling a book, Cheryl. I think it's just, that you look at it, that you get very little success, perhaps, or you don't see a lot of improvement or success in year one, and then you give it a shot for year two. You try again year three. Year four, this is, this is crazy. I'm not going to do this anymore because I'm putting in too much time and effort and not getting anywhere. That's the time that you have to keep going at it because year five, you may grow 80 feet and, uh, and make it work. So I think that, that the authors need that perspective. Uh, you can't go in this looking at, if, if I'm not uh, successful in a year, I'm, I'm giving up. That's not going to work. Or that you have to be able to redefine yourself, redefine your content, redefine your target readers, redefine how you're going to get it to them, redefine the format, and then just keep on trying until you run out of things that don't work. Absolutely. So tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you. What are your outlets and social media? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, my email address is Brian Judd, and Judd is with one D, Brian J U D at bookmarketing.com. And my phone number is uh, 800 Job Help. And there's a story behind that, too. But it's 800 Job Help is my phone number, Brian Judd at bookmarketing.com. And uh, bookmarketing.com for a URL and LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I just try to get my name out there as much as I can for Bookselling University, for apps, for my consulting, for my sales, whatever I can do. I, I have all these different uh, Facebook pages for each of these different aspects. I have different websites for each of those. I even have a, a Brian Judd, J-U-D-D, as a URL because a lot of people misspell my name. So I try to make it as easy as possible for people to get a hold of me, Cheryl. And I think that is an important point here. Notice the final words that Brian is hearing with us. Make it as easy as possible for them. Remember, it's not about us as the author. It's about the people that we serve. And so we want to be able to have that information at their fingertips. And so if you know all about your reader and you know exactly that they do email, they do Twitter, they do LinkedIn, they do phone, they do whatever it is that they do, you need to be there for them because that will tell me that you've done your homework. And so we are thrilled that you were able to join us today. Brian. Let me offer a few uh, closing remarks. Uh, we have had Brian Judd, Executive Director of the Association of Publishers for Special Sales and President of Marketing Works, and my personal favorite, BooksellingUniversity.com. So we are thrilled that you could join us. Everyone, please get in touch with Brian and have him at your event. I've been to many of his events. I'm part of his uh, APSS group, and it is absolutely amazing information. So Get ready. Success is where opportunity and preparedness meets. So thanks for joining us, Brian. And for everyone else listening, we will be back in just a few moments for our sponsors, and we'll close up the show. Thanks for having us here, Brian. Take care. Thank you.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. This is Dr. C, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. And today we were talking with Brian Judd. And it was fascinating. And you know, the one thing that really sticks out in my mind and is going to be my new favorite co- quote is when Edison was saying he just built the light bulb because he ran out of things that didn't work anymore. How absolutely fantastic is that? You're looking at the ability of failing faster, getting it all into your system until there's no more failure to do. You've run out of things to try because it worked. Isn't that a wonderful problem to have is when you run out of things to try. So things that Brian told us today were very interesting, particularly as a accomplished publisher myself, is you are really selling your content. You are not selling you. And so understand that. You've got to get the ego out of the way because I know I have a lot of authors sometimes that will come to me and say, yes, I can make the book happen, but the book is only so in so small part of the equation, you've got to go out and do and leverage the book. Just posting it on Amazon, there are 300,000 books every year that are published or more. If you build it, they will not know it's there to come. So the idea is become that solution to your problem. How you design the book, how you design the cover, how you design the name of the book 
is all a marketing. Be that solution to someone else's problem so they're already looking for what you're offering. Notice the things that Brian were offering is the 101 ways how to interview, unemployment, uh, things to be able to help your college kid get a job, and the motivations of learning about your target reader. Because it's not always about the target reader. If it's the how to get a job, if particularly for college students, Brian was marketing the adults, the parents, the influencers that are around the college kid to help them. These make fabulous graduation presents, fabulous motivational presents for birthday and the holidays to be able to look at how am I going to help those who are in a specific um, problem setting. For example, I mean, the books that we publish are to be able to get the research out of academia and into the hands of people who can use it. We want to have it instead of getting that all of that research that often gets stuck in academia, all of that research that sometimes gets stuck on Amazon, because you have to have it in the format that your audience wants it. I remember years early into my business where I was not technologically savvy. I wasn't into my Kindle. I still like books, but my Customers liked ebooks and audiobooks. And so we have ebooks and audiobooks, and we have all kinds of things that we do to solve their problem. We do book signings, we do workshops, we do seminars, we do, uh, I am a college professor, I do speaking all over the world in there. And so this is the idea of understanding what do my customers need to solve their problem, not what I want to give them. So it often catches people for a loop when I will go into and I'm meeting a new target. Um, audience member or I'm networking at an event and they will say, well, what do you do? And I look at the ideas, well, what do you need done? And look at that simply turning the tables for being able to look at how do you become that solution? How do you become that taking something that you're passionate about, about and fail until you're great at it? And so I want to be able to let you know that these shows are often amazing opportunities for you to do, and you can get this content wherever you want it. For example, if you're not able to join us live, don't miss a beat. Join our Visit America, Voice America page to listen to all of our previous shows. They're recorded, they're available when you want them, how you want it, even at iTunes. So that when you lead in this dance of failure, and I hope that you're leading, not following, I want you to understand the differences and the things that you can do and the strategies that we bring to the table for you each, each and every week. Because that's my goal. My goal isn't to have you just get excited and motivated and passionate about all the things we talk about. That's great. But I want you to do something after this radio show. I want you to take one action step. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that might be for you. But we've certainly given you quite a few suggestions based on what Brian has offered. And next week, we're going to have Frank Shinkowitz, who is one of the co-founders of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And you're going to look at if nonprofit is your passion, come back next week and talk to Frank and I. It'll be very interesting to be able to hear some of the things because he agrees with a lot of what Brian's offering us today is get your ego out of the way. It's not about you. It's about them, them being your reader. What do they need? What are you here for? What is the end game that you created? It's not about you putting your book out there because if you don't have something that someone else wants, it's going to sit on Amazon or sit in the bookstore or sit on the shelf somewhere. You want to have something. What do people need? What can you help them make their life a little bit better? Remember, target our readers in the five W's, the who, what, where, when, and why. Why do they need you? What is it that you can help them solve? So I want you to do your homework today. I want you to be able to open up your social media accounts and I want you to be able to commit to something that we're doing today. This is what I'm going to do to be able to fail faster and succeed sooner so you run out of things that don't work. Let's get on that track. Remember Peter the Plumber from our very first show is how do you get on that track to be able to know how to do things 
the right way the first time. So contact us on twitter.com, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, facebook.com, success through failure, facebook.com, dr.cheryl.lentz, email Lentz at gmail.com. And we have a wonderful promotion going. Get some free stuff from us. Go to our Facebook page, like our page, and I have all kinds of books that we're going to be putting into the queue that if you like something from us and you can sh- suggest a show topic, we'll give you a free book. How much easier does it get? And so we have all kinds of digital books to give you from Dissertation Toolbox to Effective Writing Skills to Technology the Tutors. You're going to see all kinds of books that are in there. So if you want to get yours and you want to get a little gift that's going to be able to help you, well, what can Dr. C do for me? I'm going to give you some answers. That's what we do here on the show is I want to help you succeed, but you're going to have to go through some Edison, right? We're going to have to go through all those things that don't work, get it out of your system, and then you'll get there faster. But this show is going to help you look at all of the experts who have come on this show who are not above you or below you. They're just ahead of you in the process. So don't reinvent that wheel. There is no need for you to have to go it alone when so many of us have come before you and we can tell you what it hasn't worked for us and so that you can benefit from the success and failure stories that we have because we can tell you've been around the mulberry bush quite a bit. Brian has more than 25 years of experience. You'll meet Frank next week. He's got more than 42. Why reinvent that wheel when we already have that wheel invented? So again, please be able to continue the conversation. Come back to us week after week and you could win something for you. You can get a gift, but most importantly, you're going to learn a strategy so that you can actually get up, get out of your chair, go out and do something and to make success happen because success is an active marrow. You have to become a solution for someone else's problems. You're going to have to sell your content, sell the things that you can do that are going to make somebody's lives just a little bit better. So look at the idea of the things that we've talked about in the show. Look at the trends we've talked about and look at the things that are already there. We've done amazing work here in just our few months that we've been here on Voice America for the Business Channel. And I want to make sure that you lead in the dance of failure. I'm your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. And this week, I will give you a challenge that I want you to take one action step. Be the solution, be the change you want to see in the world, as Gandhi would tell us. You have to be part of the solution. So as we're coming up on election beat, make sure that you go in and vote. When you come into doing, uh, putting your, publishing your next book, as we will on November 1st, our next book will be out, um, volume 15, Nonprofits, Effective Strategies for Managing a Nonprofit Business. Take one of these techniques we talk in each and every week, and you'll be able to see step by step how you can find success in your life. So we thank you for coming back each and every week. Do connect with us on our social media outlets. If you can't join us live, by all means, don't miss a beat and go to our Voice America page and listen to all of our previous shows and our previous guests. And please come back next week when we welcome Frank Shankowitz to the show. He is an amazing person that will just give you goosebumps to hear some of the terrific strategies he have and some of the things that have shaped who he is and now what he has done is his gift to the world. So are you a gift? Are you in charge? Are you leading failure? Let's make sure that you do. Again, I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. The name of the show, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. We'll see you each and every week at noon. And we will come back and see if we can dazzle you for a little bit. But I'm Dr. C and I'm so grateful you're here. Have a fabulous week and fail faster, succeed sooner. Dance, dance, dance. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I'll see you next Thursday.
Thank you for joining us this week for Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Dr. Cheryl Lentz invites you to listen again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time for you to find your success. We'll talk again next week.